Plot twists. We are obsessed with them. In film, life and love, they turn up everywhere. It's that moment in a story that takes you in an unexpected direction. I'm Tom, super fan of cinema, sport, comedy, and I'm part of the odd impression. And throughout this series, brought to you by Now and Sky, I'll be interviewing TV and film stars, asking them all about the plot twist moments that define their lives and careers. So expect the unexpected, and hopefully some behind-the-scenes gems you've never heard before. Expect spoilers. Hey, hey, well, wow, what a week it's been. We've had the conclusion of the awards season with the Oscars, and it gives you time to reflect. But one thing I've loved, Ki Hui Kwan, and then winning Best Supporting Actor for Everything Everywhere all at once. Uh, seven Oscars, by the way, that's, that's strong. They did really well with that. But his joy and enthusiasm throughout this whole awards season has just been amazing to see, just to, just to be there and, just to, and then to be nominated as well and to win, just incredible. And of course, many of you remember him as short round Harrison Ford's child psychic in Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. And then the Goonies a year later. I mean, wow, what a resume that was as a child actor. And his plot twist was that after those films, he kind of then actually focused behind the scenes film production, but then is inspired by Crazy Rich Asians and has this resurgence and returns to acting. And now he's got Best Supporting Actor Oscar. What an amazing journey from the 1980s up to the present day. But actually, it is the 1980s where we're going to focus this week as we have the leading star of an 80s inspired series called A Town Called Malice, which is available on Sky and now. I'm really excited to speak to Jack Rowan. He's a super talented young actor. Some of you may have seen him on Peaky Blinders and Noughts and Crosses, which was a popular BBC series over the last couple of years. Kind of delving into him a little bit more, I found actually I'm a big boxing fan. He actually has a pretty impressive amateur boxing record. So I really want to talk to him about that. And in A Town Called Malice, he plays Gene Lord who is part of the Lord family, who are no strangers to crime, if I'm being honest. And the show is gloriously 80s in all regards. Rubik's Cubes, punk hairdos, the Walkman, leg warmers, you can expect it all. And it follows Gene falling in love with Cindy Carter. And when you think there's this little romance brewing, they quickly get embroiled in the family affairs and they have to escape. And they have to go to the neon-soaked Costa del Sol. This is the heart of 80s expat ganglands. So when the Lords come and visit them a few weeks later, they fit right in. And what follows is their journey of navigating through all of that with just constant 80s bangers just being played throughout. It is, if, if you love your 80s music, you will absolutely love this show. So Jack Rowan, we need to talk about boxing. We need to talk about a town called Malice. And I probably need to ask him a plot twist question. So here it is, Jack Rowan on Plot Twist. Put in my notes, I put Jack the Hammer Rowan. Jack the Hammer Rowan, yeah. I thought from a boxing sense, that's, you know, a background that might kind of, that could be the nickname maybe, but obviously yeah. a West Ham fan as well. Big big West Ham fan. We're not doing too well at the moment, though. Mm. So it's a, I always find when West Ham are doing well, or do you know what, not even if they're doing well, if they're doing okay, Yeah. I enjoy other matches. Like, <laughs> but now I just don't want to watch football because it's so depressing. Yeah. I mean, how am I supposed to watch? I suppose the Liverpool Man U game the other day gave me some... Gave me something back that, that at least yeah. on that weekend, one team got beat 7-0, even though the Hammers got beat 4-0 by Brighton. Yeah. But talking about yeah. uh, nicknames for boxing, there was a director I worked with called Chris Bohr, and he, he gave me a great one. He called me Action, like, linking to the acting. He was like, Action Jack. 
nice. action Jack Rowan. Yeah. And I was like, I like that. Yeah. So if ever there was a career change, I actually, I will take that. I like that. Instead of yeah. the hammer. I don't know, I hammer. mean, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I love boxing, and I, I did a lot when I was younger. And I was, I'm from Hampshire, so I was like, maybe I have like the Hampshire Assassin or something. The Hampshire Hammer. The Hampshire if Hammer. If you were a West Ham fan. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm a Southampton fan, so I'm in the same. Southampton, oh man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, all of us down there. Yeah. It can swing. Yeah, it's quite not pretty. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Many weekends have been ruined recently. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, a little bit later, and obviously we'll talk about the show. Congratulations! It's um, thank you, man. Yeah, I I love the description of it, like a high octane neon western. I thought that was like as far as like short descriptions go. That is that's pretty. Yeah, good. they they had quite a few good one liners. One I like is a, a neon soaked love letter to the eighties. <laughs> yeah, and there was another yeah. one like. Uh, if Dallas made love to Pulp Fiction to the sounds of Duran Duran, it would give yeah. birth to a town yeah. called Malice. Yeah, I and like I always that. thought that is that. If you know, how they always tell you if you if you've written something or if you want to direct something, like just summarize it in one line. Yeah, that's a good line. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, having watched it, you can you can you can just see it. Um, I'm gonna go straight in with the plot twist question. Cool. We're on the plot twist podcast, unexpected moments. So far in your career. What, what stands out? What's the obvious plot twist moment? For me, it was getting an injury to my back. So it's, you know, it sounds broad at the moment, but back when I was a kid, like boxing was took over my life. That was what I wanted to do. It was like, even though secretly, maybe I didn't think it was what I wanted mm. to do. It was definitely something that took up a lot of my time. And when mm. you're a kid growing up, like, you know, it was important for me to have a hobby, something to focus on, something yeah. to release. So when I got my injury to my back, I went from boxing Monday, Tuesdays and Fridays and, you know, running in between all that, thinking about nutrition, stuff like that, always being ready. I went from just nothing, mm. you know, because it was such a bad injury that it started off as something that perhaps if I'd stopped straight away, it would have got better a lot quicker. But because mm. I kept going back and thinking it's honey and then I do something and it would strain again. And it was it was quite depressing, actually. And essentially what I had is all this time I had on my hands. So it made me just think about the other things in my life that I enjoyed. Mm. And acting was one of them. And at the time I only really did it in school. So then I joined, I was part of like a Saturday class. And it just became, I basically ended up living for Saturdays. <laughs> so the, the back injury at the time was something that got me really down. Then in fact, when I look back, it was a plot twist because what seemed like a curse at the time mm. sort of ended up being a blessing because my whole... Opened up your horizons, right? Yeah, yeah, and it was a huge shift yeah. and life has basically ended up in this, where it is now, I wouldn't be here without it. And the funny thing is I ended up having 10 more fights after that. So it was a nice even number. You just want to like, punish yourself. Yeah. I know, but, but that 10, I had 27 overall. Yeah. And them last 10, you know, it was like a part of me was like, I think I want to be an actor. And then all it took was landing my first job and losing my last two fights, one after the other, where I went, yeah, maybe I'm just gonna, yeah. Step gonna away from sack this. it off, you know? Yeah. Randomly, yeah. do you think, um, I mean, you're describing that, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Friday, running. The Monday, intensity Monday of Wednesday, yeah, Monday, I think Wednesday. maybe I said Tuesday. Yeah, but. Um, and the intensity of, of training like that in that environment. Do you think that almost the discipline helps you in, in an acting sense. Definitely, it's, and you know, it's, amateur boxing was a lot different to professional. Mm. Professional boxing, it's a business, right? You get your fight date. I know 
depending on what level you are, obviously if you've brought an Olympic gold medal into the pro game, you're gonna be a lot, you're gonna be looked after a lot more than perhaps someone who has having to sell tickets to get on the show. I know how that world works. And amateur boxing, it was like, you didn't get a fight date. So, it, I mean, if you were lucky, you did, but I'd get a call on a Wednesday and my, co ready. Yeah, my coach yeah. would go, you're fighting on Saturday. So it's like, you sort of had, had to have that mentality of never cutting corners. Because if you weren't doing your running when you were supposed to, when no one's watching, or if you weren't training hard enough, before you know it, you're fighting. And it's like, then you'd get found out and you'd find out the hard way. So I always drilled it into myself. I always got to be ready every time. And I suppose, you know, that mentality has, has come into, into the acting. I, you know, I see getting on set similar to how I would get Prep. into a ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, let me, let me make sure I've done as much as I can. And when we're in the ring or when we're on set, we're gonna have to deal with things we, we weren't expecting. Um, so there's a lot of parallels. Yeah. But between you wouldn't necessarily see it, but actually, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. there's, you know, and and also when I sometimes depending on whatever the scene is, it, it used to be for more intense, aggressive scenes, but nowadays I find that it fluctuates. But I tend to shadow box before I oh, do yeah, a take. Yeah. Um, whereas it used to be uh, as a quick way to get get the blood going. Get the blood yeah. going. Yeah. Now it's become a little bit of like just getting my body moving, yeah. getting my face moving, getting my body moving, just feeling relaxed, feeling loose, and I can't dance. So shadow boxing is a good way to like, <laughs> in fact, I think I shadow box better now than I ever used to. Oh, right. Cause it's more about like flowing yeah, and being sure. relaxed, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Cause back in the day, it was all about like being intense. So yeah. It might be slightly obvious, but that first set on the town called Malice was stepping through the ropes to that fight on the Saturday. What's more nerve wracking? The, the boxing man. Yeah. Yeah, I used to, obviously I get nervous with the acting, you know, more more so because I want to prove to the people that gave me, you know, because even though I got this part, it could easily have been somebody else. It's just, it's not necessarily that I was the, the best person for it. It's just I gave something that they liked. And so I just know it could have easily been taken away from me. So when I get on set, it's more about trying to prove to those people that, gave me that responsibility that you you made the right choice and I'm going to do you proud. And boxing, it's like, I used to, when, when, I, when I was a kid, right, my first ever fight, if I could get that- How old were you? I was 12. 12, okay. 12, yeah, I was, I'm 64 kilograms now. When I was 12, I was 39 kilograms. Yeah, so I weighed on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. imagine yeah, that. Yeah. I, was, I literally remember, wasn't even as tall as like the top rope. Yeah. So it was almost <laughs> like fighting in a cage. Yeah. Um, and I remember just thinking like, if I never got that mentality back, I went in there going, I am gonna just, I felt, I felt unstoppable. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like I'm gonna win this fight. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill this guy. I'm gonna, yeah. and I never got it back. And it was more cause I was, it was the unknown. Yeah. So as soon as I had my second fight and blimey, when I went to like my 20th fight, I know the process. I know exactly what I'm going through and I know exactly who I'm fighting. And it's like, the more experience you get, the better opponents you're gonna fight. Sure. You're not gonna fight someone who's having their debut when you've had 20 fights. So I was always in for a hard night, you know, whether I won or lost. Yeah. So effectively, when I when I think about boxing and the nerves I used to feel, I could I'd never want to feel that again, because I used to think, why am I doing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to just go, I could leave right now. Yeah. Just get out of it, because and then you'd get in the ring and it would go away, but. At least with the acting, it gives me something back. Whereas I look back at boxing, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it was fun, but 
I've gone soft over the years. I mean, there, there's nothing I, nothing worse I can think of right now than, than having a fight with someone. Well, I, I, saw, I saw the Instagram post. I was like, I've got to, I've got, we've got to talk about this. I was like, I'm going to like this guy. We're going to get on. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah. And we both support yeah. teams that are down in the dumps. Well, yeah, we're both, yeah, we're in the same situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rough. But um, right, let's talk about this, the show, Tangle Malice. It is, uh, I mean, we described some of the, the words that have been used in, in this part of the promo and uh, following the Lord family and you you playing Jean and then Cindy, the love interest, going across to, to Spain forging this new life and the complexities with your own family. Uh, it, I mean, it just must have been a blast on set. It was a blast. It was one of them, like, you you obviously put in anything you go up for. You're going to, you know, you read it, you learn your lines, and you, you put the effort in. But there are certain projects that come along sometimes that are like, no, I really want this one. Yeah. This is one I really want. And Malice, from the get-go, it would have been one I would, if I didn't, if it didn't go my way, I would have been gutted. And, and I would have I would have watched it when it came out, you know, be for better or worse, you yeah. know. So there was definitely something from the page in the early drafts, even before I got the part where I was like, oh yeah, this is this is talking, this is, it's talking to me. It's something I want to do because not only you take into consideration the music, the era, the location you're filming at, like five months in Tenerife. That's I would love bad, that. Right? Yeah, That's yeah. Right? There's there's yeah. worse places to go, you know. <laughs> and then it's like, but on top of that. The character, you've got an amazing arc. You've got an amazing journey. A big difference from when you first meet him and where he ends up. So yeah. Even going into episode two, he's, even, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's just like certainly by the consumed. end of ep two. Yeah. Yeah. By the end of ep two, you're like, yeah. and me and the you know, you know Nick Love and stuff and the directors, we spoke very like intensely about all these little details and all these little choices that we make early on will impact as he goes. Pro basically, proven that. When this character effectively becomes a criminal, it wasn't something he just found overnight. It was something that was always deeply rooted inside of him. So he's quite a confident person. Mm. Whereas when I read an early draft, you know, Nick Love, who wrote it, will tell you himself, the character was more meek and more, you know, didn't really look at his dad in the eye. So yeah, it was a journey that got me going straight away from, from the beginning. Now, I've got a bone to pick with you. First cool. episode, your chemistry, Gene with Cindy, obvious from the start, there's this, this is real chemistry between the two of you. And within a very short space of time, the three words drop. And then very the response, quickly. Very quickly. And then, yeah. and then the response is, of course you fucking do. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, man, that's heavy. That's yeah. pretty quick. Like, is that, do you, could you do that? Well, it was a difficult line, actually, you know, to say. Um, and the, the irony of filming is like, even though that's the first time we meet as characters, that was like, I think we shot that on our last, yeah, we did, the last day of block one. Oh, okay. You know, so three, four, one to three, four to six, and then seven, eight, all split up into mm. different blocks. So yeah, we, me and Tahira knew each other a lot, and we'd done so many other scenes together where in fact, it's like, yeah, we feel comfortable as people. Mm. Yeah, yeah, actually these characters only met earlier. Yeah. Just gone to the Wimpy, you know, I paid. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know, put me out of pocket. But uh, yeah, the character just goes, I love you. But I think with the line, it, it wasn't necessarily as sincere as no, no. I, I love you with all of my heart. It was almost like he couldn't even believe what he was saying. It was like... He was so captured in the moment. I, yeah, I love you. Yeah, I think yeah, I love yeah. you. Yeah, it was loads of different lines. Yeah, yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> and thankfully, it, you know, it, it, it works out all right, I suppose, for about yeah. six weeks before she 
she uh, ends up, you know, running over someone. <laughs> yeah, she's a bad influence. <laughs> she is, yeah. yeah. But and I think there's a there's there is love there because if there wasn't, there almost has to be in a way, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, kind of in it together. Yeah, and you yeah. want the you know the audience to to watch the show and go, oh, I believe in these two. I believe that when when stuff you know hits the fan that they would actually fight through it and stay mm. together. Otherwise, it would be if they didn't if they were always bickering or didn't get on, it would be very easy for Gene or Cindy to just go, I'm off. You know? <laughs> were, you, were you a fan of the 80s kind of before the show? Was that like a, a sort of a theme in terms of not just fashion, but music, of course, yeah. which is so paramount in the, all of this? Was that something that you were quite... Well, not through my own, not through myself, but through my mum. So my mum was like, you know, she, she was, you know, she was, the 80s was her time. That's what she always says. So if my mum was ever down in the dumps, you know, or, you know, it's always a quick thing to remind her, well, look, mum, you said it yourself. You live through... You lived through the best time ever. You had the the time More of your life. Yeah. yeah. So, and my mum is big into music. So, you know, they'd always be. I'd always hear her start to play music in, in like the living room or, or wherever. And then sometimes I'd go in and sit with her and stuff. And it would always be very. She was heavy into like rock music. So, Bon Jovi, all them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Aerosmith, big time. You know. Yeah. So, that was my mum's like. She, I think she, you know, she loved Aerosmith. So. Yeah, there was a big 80s influence in my household, for sure. And, you know, there's a funny story, like, when I was during COVID, like, I mean, I, I'm a night owl anyway. Oh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Me and you, man. We're just, we're vibing. We, we are, yeah. we are vibing. And, like, I, I, I struggle to sleep anyway, so with lockdown and everything, there was nothing to get up for, mm. nothing to go to sleep for, in a way. So, effectively, my pattern was all over the place, and I remember... It was like three in the morning and I just went, oh, I can't sleep. So I fired up the PlayStation and I just played Crash Bandicoot. Oh, okay. And they, yeah, they, yeah. Re they re-released the first three games yeah. for like the PS4, like with updated graphics yeah, yeah. and everything. And I played for about four hours straight. Sun started coming up, birds <laughs> were chirping. I was like, yeah, I need to turn this off. And I turned it off and all of a sudden I went from all this colour, all this vibrancy all this sound, all this mm. effort to just nothing. Yeah. And it was that sort of like, even the room wasn't dark because the light was coming through the windows and I was like, I'd weirdly gone in my own head and I started crying. My girlfriend was next to me and she sort of stirred and she woke up and she was like, are you all right? And I remember saying these words, which in hindsight is so dramatic. But I remember thinking, I remember said to her, <clears throat> I'm just sad I'll never get to live in the 80s. You know, my mind just yeah. went there. It wasn't even, it was just the fact that I was literally, and then I'm looking at this board here, and it's all that color, all yeah, that vibrancy. And, and effectively my dream in that moment came true because now, even though I never lived in the 80s, I still got to yeah. I have my own experience, I'm my own little piece of it. And yeah, like I look back at that moment as dramatic as, as, dramatic as, it's, as it seems and as dramatic as it is, kind of like it was answered. And also the fact they meant so much to your mum as well. There must yeah. have that synergy there. Which yeah, is, well, my yeah, really mum, nice. you know, she's a lover of that time, yeah. you know. It is a thing that she would love to... I'm sure you, you wouldn't even finish your sentence if you went, do you want to go back to the... Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, she would. The, the music in it is a phenomenal. Um, and actually, it reminds you just how important music is in TV and film. Like, I don't know if you've seen, like, on... Uh, probably on social media, but... 
you get like a very dramatic scene with like Voldemort, for example. But if you put Careless Whisper over the top of it, <laughs> suddenly the, the the feeling behind it is just completely different. Music does um, a lot. It man. does a lot. It really does. I've got I've got five eighty songs. Cool. I thought we could uh, we could rank them from okay. top to bottom. If you're, yeah, if I'm you're up ready. For that. I'm I've got the pen. That. That's why I'm holding this thing. You go, you're so, ready. You're are you ready? ready? So we've got I Have the Tiger. I thought, you know, Survivor, yeah. the boxing. It makes sense. Billy Jean, Michael Jackson, King okay. of Pop. I Want to Know What Love Is, Foreigner. Oh, yeah. Tainted Love. Show. Soft Tainted Cell. Love. Oh, man. And then I've got Rick Astley, Never Gonna Give You Up. <sighs> I mean, where, right. where are we going? I mean, that is, that is where are we going one to five? That's an incredible list because actually it's like you... I will regret every choice I make, regardless <laughs> yeah. of what it is. I, I went through the, like, I mean, there's loads, obviously, in the 80s, but I was like, oh, my gosh, there are so many bangers and so right. many in the show. So you've got to think, right, something in music to cater for different times in your life. So let's say these were the only five songs we had. Yeah. The Eye of the Tiger would be up there for me because it's a song that would get you motivated. It's a song that would get you... It gets you hyped. It does. And, and like... Work you out, could put train. it on now and we'd both know every line. Yeah. Even though we probably couldn't recite it right now, but it's that it's that opening. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I might put I Had a Tiger first. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I feel like that's unique to us, but, yeah. I'm, but I think that's fair. All right. I thought that was one. Yeah. So I'm going to put that as one. Um, I absolutely love Never Gonna Give You Up. <laughs> and I see... Rick yeah, I see a few yeah. things on online. I'm not big into like social media but like I do see some memes and that you know when it's like someone's got a QR code on their leg or something and then it's yeah. like you think where's this going yeah. and it ends up yeah. going to the opening so all the political ads where it'll say vote for him to be PM you'll never give you yeah yeah so maybe that one will go second I think that's a fair two yeah okay um so I the tiger never never gonna give you up so I want to know what love is I'll put that in number three because of how much it now means to me. Because it's a big ballad. It's a big ballad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it comes on in the opening sequence at the beginning of Malice. Like, I press, you, you don't necessarily know it's me, but it says Gene's mixtape and a, you know, a hand pushes it in. Yeah. Whether it was mine or not, I don't know, actually. They Could probably did that on Second Union. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it goes on and the songs don't finish until I'm in the car. So I think it lasts a good, good 10 minutes, I'd say, where it's just... It's as if his music, as if his mixtape's playing, and yeah. the last song that comes on is in the Wimpy. And me and uh, Tahira, Cindy, we, we kiss each other just at the, oh, the, the moment where it goes, you. I wanna know what love is. Yeah. But you, you know, we're doing our scene, and like they kitted out this Wimpy with all the old menus, that even the guy behind the counter wow. had the old uniform on. Yeah, so yeah, we were yeah. sat in this Wimpy across from each other with milkshakes. And like where I live, there's actually a wimpy on my street, one of the last remaining like wimpy. There's always, not many left. And it's always yeah. busy in there. It's always packed. And I'm like, this this isn't going anywhere. And now <laughs> it now it definitely isn't because yeah. of how much it means to me. And I just think when I watch the scene, you can hear that that beautiful song in the background. And it's like then it perfectly hits for I wanna know what love is. Yeah. So I, I think I'm gonna put that number three. Number three. Yeah. Then we've got Tainted Love or Billie Jean. Both, both yeah, massive both, hits. Both. Yeah. You know what's mad? Like I never, I never grew up listening to like MJ. He was, yeah, I was a big fan. Yeah, he yeah. was never. I only know the classic ones. Yeah, you know, yeah. I never listened to him like 
you know, so he was never really, whereas Tainted Love, I know that from movies yeah. and stuff. So as, as much as it pains me to put an icon. Wow, he's putting the icon. Put him last out of five. Oh. I'm gonna put Tainted Love wow. at four. Yeah, no. I know. Fair. Fair. I know. This I did is... have some others on there, but I thought if we do 10, that's just going to get too Yeah, we'll do a retake. So Billie Jean first. <laughs> yeah. 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 Michael Jackson estate, like, yeah, what yeah. are you doing? This is Huge not right. fans of, I'm not yeah. watching Malice now. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about uh, a plot twist person. So somebody that in, in your career, any point actually, that has mm. been an unexpected source of inspiration. Is anyone that sort of comes to mind? Wow. Um, oh, man. Unexpected, because there's definitely, you know, men mentors of mine, or you know, that I haven't seen for years that do have a big impact in the way that the journey the journey went. Um, yeah, I would say I would say Robbie Robbie Stevens, who was my she was my crazy Australian, um, you know, director. Slash, she was the owner, and she is the owner of YPTC, which was the Saturday school I went to. And I never know, I never knew how much I needed to meet someone like Robbie, because she was just, she was just amazing. So I always, which was really mad, because I was thinking about bo my boxing coach Grant as well, and him and I'm gonna use him and Robbie as the same person because mm. when I first met them both, they terrified me. I walked into my boxing club with my mum. And he had to walk through all these punch bags and everything, and it's quite intimidating. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's definitely. Proper... As a young kid, yeah. Yeah, sure. and where I trained, where I, where my club was, was in Lambeth called Fitzroy Lodge. Been going since 1908. You can hear the trains yeah, running gym, above right? it. Yeah, yeah, it's like spit and sawdust gym, so it's even more. So you get the smell as soon as you walk in. They are yeah, like, yeah. I don't know if I'm about this. Yeah. And I walked up to Grant. He didn't even look at me, and I was like, just stood there for a second. Bear in mind, with my mum as well, and he's like, Oh yeah, what? You want you want to want a box? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, right, well, this ain't a fucking youth club. This is a boxing club. <laughs> well, he's prepared so many kids going yeah. there last two weeks and then yeah. bug it off, right? Exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. and he goes, you know, if you don't want to box, you can go home. I'm not being funny. We don't, we're not here to waste time. And then as I got older, I learned Grant was working a nine to five job and would come to us in the evenings and not get paid anything. He was a volunteer mm. that just enjoyed... Community era, really. Community, yeah. And yeah, he, yeah. you know, so I was like, man, that his time is valuable. And yeah... You kids, kids walk in and out of boxing gyms might never actually become boxers, but those who embrace it, it is, they don't have to become a boxer. It's more embrace the ethos of the gym. Yeah, and discipline. And yeah, and not, not take the piss, basically. Yeah, and, and disrespect, right? Yeah. yeah, and Robbie was the same. Like, I, when I went to YPTC, I, I sort of went, as I said before my injury, but I didn't take it too seriously. And she, she was someone who, it was like tough love, someone. So then when you earn their respect, when you earn their love. Oh, it means so much more. It means so much yeah, more. Yeah, so yeah. I suppose that I, even though they are clear and obvious people who have had an impact in my life, I do think it is sort of a, you know, they were unexpected because my first impression of them was that I, I don't think I like them. Mm. I think they're tough. I think mm. they're, well, why, why, why they've been horrible to me. But really it was like, you have to earn it. Yeah, of so. course, yeah. Yeah, my producer's the same, you know, tough love, you know. Yeah, <laughs> when he says, actually, it was a good app, I feel, oh, actually, you know, it means a lot more, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. hopefully he says um, that about this one. <laughs> like, yeah, so, yeah, it's all right, imagine. <laughs> yeah. um, I brought back a feature we haven't done for a while. It's a random question generator, totally random, right? Wow. So, 
do a quick fire response just as we as we round things off. It'll be a bit of fun. What's that? What's the favorite TV show at the moment? Is that like, can I bend the truth and be like, because it's sort of my favorite TV show all the time? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, it's yeah. always sunny in Philadelphia. Nice. Have you seen it? I know, I know. Oh man, see that's my like, I don't know if there's a word for it, I'm sure there is, but the opening song yeah. of, 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 I know it always starts with a scene. nostalgia, right? Well, it, it actually makes me calm. Yeah. So like if it came on a, randomly, it would all of a sudden wash over me this calmness because I just feel at home when I'm watching it. And it's a show that I've watched it all however many times over, but sometimes I just put on the odd episode. It just, even if I'm not watching it intently, I know, I know most of the lines in it, but just gives me comfort. Mm. So yeah, like my favorite show now and basically all the time is <laughs> It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. People will talk about certain TV shows and sometimes you've got to watch them because there is that hype behind it. Um, this, you know, hopefully this show is going to be, yeah, Malice exactly. is going to be one of them. Um, the Last yeah. of Us, like recently, like it gets that kind of conversation. But sometimes you do just want to return to those old ones. Yeah. Like for me, like Only Fools. Yeah, like, Only Fools. Something like that. It just well, like is... Peep Show. Peep yeah, Show is yeah, a good yeah. one. Yeah. I love a bit of Peep Show. Next one. Yeah. First celebrity crush. My first. <laughs> um, I can just see this on TikTok. It was probably like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it was probably, uh, it was probably like Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mean Girls era. Yeah. Or, yeah, just and just, or even like Herbie. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, the remake. Was, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was, she was a Parent Trap. Like I was also, you know what I mean? Like these are films I grew up with. Yeah. Um, or there was also like Amanda Bynes. She was Amanda in Bynes. She's the Man. I think I do know. And Love Wrecked. Yeah. She was she's like she was so good, like so funny. So yeah, maybe maybe like yeah, because me and my sister, my sister always used to show me these films. Like I watched some of these films far too young, you know. <laughs> like I, I was remember watching like Not Another Teen Movie. Yeah. When I was like yeah. really young, yeah, I rewatched like it. Pie at the age yeah, of like I rewatched 10. it recently. I was like, "What? <laughs> yeah. I should not have been watching that." Yeah. So yeah, me and my sister and I we used to like watch these films. So she always had the DVDs, and I saw Amanda Bynes and Lindsay Lohan. They pop up in a lot of these films. Yeah, yeah. And I also couldn't get it. I couldn't <clears throat> get it that she played two characters in Parent Trap. No matter how much it was explained to me, I did not understand. How does that work? There's two of them, no. Mm. So yeah. You yeah. know when you watch back those things, and it's like years later with that maturity, you, you see the things you never would have spotted as a kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like certain references, you're like, that's a bit risky. Yeah, there but, is a lot of like yeah. adult adult things in, yeah. in some of those films. Like, So, yeah, I would say if I had to pick one out of the two, it would probably be Lindsay Lohan, yeah. Yeah, good shit, I like that. What's what's coming next for you? What sort of projects are you like looking to, to do longer term? What, yeah. Where's the ambition there? Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping Malice can have a nice... Longevity. Let's get a few it. series out of it. Yeah, yeah, get a few series. I love the character, I love the world, so that would be ideal. Um, even and just yeah, for five months in Tenerife. Yeah, yeah. even just that. Just yeah. you know, even if you write me out of it, do you know <laughs> I mean just like <laughs> I'll come over anyway? Yeah, yeah I used to be a part. Of it. Be a memory that keeps appearing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'll help out. So uh, yeah, and I to be to be honest, like I say this a lot. My dream in this industry is to like look back one day at a body of work and go, wow, look at all these different outfits, look at all these different haircuts, look at all these different accents. Mm. Um, so yeah, I really don't, I couldn't tell you what's next because I never knew I wanted to play 
a psychopath, for example, until got the opportunity or until it's over, you're like, oh, I didn't realize how much I actually wanted to do that. Same with this, like mm. to don the fluorescent track jacket and run around Tenerife in the 80s in tiny <laughs> pink LS shorts. I never, never realized, you know? So yeah, hopefully a bit of longevity of malice and really whatever comes, as I said, with the whole, I want to try out all these different, different things. Well, look, I've loved having you on the podcast. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming on Plot Twist. Good luck with the series. I think it's going it's gonna to go down pretty I well. So. I yeah, really, I hope so. You know, I had fun anyway, so. Yeah, no, it's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, uh, for, thanks for having me. All the best. Uh, what a lovely guy. I honestly, I could have chatted away to Jack Rowan for hours. I mean, talking about boxing and football, you're going to get me engaged. And, and then debating 80s classics, obviously. So, so much to discuss, so much to go over. I, I thought he was really considered, really smart, reflective in a really, in a really engaging way. And his plot twist was really interesting. Interestingly enough, not the first person we've had on plot twist that's had a boxing background, been very good at boxing and using that to influence their acting career. Kieran Moore, we had um, late last year, he actually had a really good boxing background as well. So that was great to hear about. And debating 80s classics as well. What a great conversation that was. Although he had Michael Jackson last, Billie Jean last out of the top five there. That was, yeah, I'm not sure I could have done that, but with him on Eye of the Tiger, so we can, we can balance things out there, that's okay. So if you want to continue this 80s love fest, go and immerse yourself into a town called Malice. All episodes are available on Now and Sky. And a big thank you again to Jack Rowan. I'm definitely going to be keeping my eyes out for what he's up to. Very talented actor. And the nostalgia continues next week. What a treat. Zach Braff. Of course, JD and Scrubs. One of those all-time classic series from the early 2000s. I cannot wait to speak to him. He's directed a new film called A Good Person starring Florence Pugh and Morgan Freeman. It's a, it's a wonderful film. So yeah, looking forward to chatting to him about that and all this plot twists. It's going to be a blast. So until then, ciao.